This is episode number 195 of the Middle Country Public Library podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm Sal DiVincenzo, joined as usual by my fabulous colleagues, Sarah Fade. Hello. And Nicole Rambo. Hello. How are you ladies doing? Good. November. It's mm-hmm. November. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Crazy. Sal, have you ever grown a mustache? No, <laughs> why? Do you think I should? For Movember. Oh, for Movember? Oh, yeah. Is it mustache Vember? Yeah. Yeah. You should do it. <laughs> Because I would love to see you. In a mustache? In a mustache. Have you, you ever seen me in my full beard? Have you ever seen no. any pictures of me in the full beard? I've never seen you with any facial hair. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, I forgot to shave this morning, so I, I got a little bit coming in now. Yeah, no, I see, I see some stubble. I feel like you would grow it real fast. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, doesn't, you... it doesn't come in very well, though. It comes in different colors and, you know. Oh. It's like red. A and rainbow and, Yes, yeah. yes. I'll have a, you know. Red? Yeah, red. When was the last time you grew a, a mustache? Because a long time ago. I was like, maybe, maybe 19, not red so much. Anymore. Nineteen. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Ageism. No, um, nineteen ninety-five. Maybe you'll look regal, like like you know who has a great mustache is Pierce Brosnan. Oh, okay. does he have yeah. a mustache? That now? like he looks. Yeah, it's. You should yes, just you know. I'll, I'll make a note of it. Internet search that. Okay. <laughs> so perhaps soon you shall see me with a, a a mustache for Mo- Movember. Is Movember. that what it's called? Mm-hmm. I, I think, right. and then you could post it on uh, this episode. Yeah, you know? we'll, we'll put it. Yeah, we'll put it in the show <laughs> sure. notes. Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> All right. Sure. I'll try it. Okay. <laughs> you should. Uh, <laughs> so it is November, and before we get into uh, our show today. A little bit of housekeeping. Sarah, you have some housekeeping for us, right? We have something yes. coming up. Yes. So it, it was on hiatus because of, of, of COVID. You know, sure. Put everything on hiatus. But I'm very happy to um, announce that the pet fair, the Scales and Tails uh, Pet Education and Adoption Fair is back on. Nice. Yay. Yeah. So we have um, over 10 um, nonprofit groups coming into the library in Center Reach on November 13th, Saturday. Okay. It's from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And we'll have uh, a rabbit rescue group. Nice. Um, We'll have other adoption groups. We'll have the um, bird group that comes in all the time. People love them. Jungle Bob will be there again. Friend of the show. Yeah, and I think there'll be some adoptable cats, kittens, dogs, puppies. (laughs) I know. And other groups that will have information on how to volunteer, which is still very important. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're looking for volunteer, um, you know, opportunities, right. come on down and, and maybe. We're, I would say the age is like, what, 16 to start volunteering? Some of them are younger because oh, yeah? I know the adoption center is younger than that. Okay. But some places might need you to have a parent if you're younger. Okay. So say you're like 12 and you're interested. Yeah. I think you still can, but you'll have to have a parent right. with you just for you know, right. supervision and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Okay. But I mean, that's a great, but if you're a parent and you love uh, wildlife and animals too, it's yeah. a great bonding. Right. Oh, definitely. Too, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So come on down, even if you don't want to adopt, but you love animals. Unfortunately though, patrons cannot bring their pets. Uh, Only right. rescue groups can yeah. have okay, animals. Yeah. But yeah. It's yeah. on the children's side. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So come on it's down. Very, it's a very cute right. day. Or right. don't you usually, Nicole, dress up like a duck? Okay, it was a chicken, <laughs> and it wasn't for the pet fair. No, it was just a Friday. Yes. <laughs> it was just payday. Yeah. <laughs> just enjoying it. You know. Money in my pocket, my chicken, my chicken outfit on. 
Okay. Uh, great. So uh, we'll put that in the show notes for, for folks mm-hmm. to come down. I have a treat for you ladies this week. Ooh. I actually did a focus segment. It's been a long time since I did one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's actually a very good focus segment because I was able to uh, interview my friend Douglas A. Bass, mm-hmm. who wrote a book. Oh, okay. wrote a here. book, and it's out there. Yeah, it's in it's our collection. That's yes. awesome. It's an awesome book. Uh, so let's listen to that and uh, see what it's all about. Great. So we have a special focus segment for you this week. Very happy to have my very good friend, Douglas A. Bass here. He has written a book, Ebenezer, The True Life Story of Ebenezer Scrooge. Doug, thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, Sal. Thanks for having me. Doug grew up here. He is a middle country native, I guess we can call it here. Uh, where'd you go? Newfield High School? I did go to Newfield High School. Great. Fantastic. Did you did you come down to the library? Did you visit us here at Middle Country? I was. I was there very often. I was there before it was the Nautilus. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Had <laughs> a lot of time there. Yeah. <laughs> now, before we get, uh, get into your amazing book, uh, which I've read a couple times and I love it, and um, we're going to put it in the show notes uh, where, uh, where our patrons can actually take the book out here from our collection. I just want to go mm-hmm. over uh, some background for you. Now, Writing has been something that uh, you've done for many years. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Writing's been something I've done forever. Uh, I've been creative writing for as long as I've been able to hold a pencil. Uh, I actually don't remember a time that I wasn't scribbling stories down. Now, did you go to school uh, to be a writer? I mean, you went to SUNY Geneseo Upstate. I, I didn't. Uh, I, I actually, I went, my degree at, uh, at Geneseo was in history. and. I ended up uh, pursuing a career in the law originally, uh, and my writing uh, I decided to keep as my hobby. So you went upstate, and then uh, you came back to Long Island, and then you decided to uh, get your law degree. Is this right? Yeah, yeah. I I went up, I did my four years in uh, Geneseo, New York, which up in the Finger Lakes region of uh, New York State. Then uh, I came down, I did my law school at Hofstra in Nassau, and I started that career uh, back in the year 2000. Wow, so you had been doing that for a very long time. Now you are not a lawyer anymore. In fact, what is your Twitter handle? Ah, that is in fact my Twitter handle. My Twitter handle is at lawyer no more. <laughs> lawyer no more. I consider myself a refugee from the legal profession. <laughs> and you're teaching now. Yes, I am on the brink of getting my master's and my certification. I'm about seven weeks away from it as we speak. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Now, during all this time, your your different careers and whatnot, you, as you said, writing has been a big part of your life. Now, this uh, this book, Ebenezer, The True Life Story of Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, came out a few years ago. And it tells the story of Scrooge from a completely different angle, and not the one that we are familiar with by uh, by Charles Dickens. What made you decide to write a book about Ebenezer Scrooge? Well, one of my uh, great desires throughout my whole entire life, my greatest bucket list item, you could call it, has been to write and publish a book. Uh, I'd always wanted to do that. And I've always had an affinity for a Christmas Carol, 
uh, my birthday happens to be Christmas Eve. Uh, that might have something to do with it. it. Might, I don't know. Yes, perhaps. <laughs> um, but I, I always, I always love the story. I like. Uh, I've seen many, many uh, versions of it, as I'm sure most people have, uh, as far as movies. And I was introduced to it, I think, first by uh, the Muppets. And I have read the novella quite a few times. It just, I really like it. It spoke to me. It's a story of hope. It is an enduring story. Uh, it's one where generation after generation that learns about it, loves it, and, and wants to uh, connect with it. I'd always been looking for a unique story, too. I didn't want to write uh, the same old thing or just a variation on the same old thing. Luckily, when I got interested in this project, I, I realized that no one had actually ever looked at Ebenezer Scrooge as a character from beginning to end. One day, back in 2008, actually, uh, not one day, actually, I believe it was probably Christmas Eve or right around then, I was watching my favorite version of the movie, which is the 1951 Alistair Sim version. Nice. Yeah, and uh, something that day, something struck my brain. I don't know, something about it, I, I got this odd feeling that something's wrong with this story. Something's not quite right. Something, I don't know. And, and, and it started nagging at me. And, and, and then it occurred to me, you know, that, you know, this is a guy who we're told hates everyone. He's <laughs> uh, no use for anyone. Yet he's shown these scenes of his life. And I could not make heads or tails of why those scenes were going to change this man and turn his whole life around. It seemed like, you know, what they, what they saw in his past uh, when he's getting uh, abandoned at school as a kid, and dumped by his fiance, and, uh, losing his sister, you know, these things. I, it just, it didn't seem like that was going to make a man want to be a better man. Right. Uh, in fact, right. It, it just, it just seems to me that the only thing that really turned him around in the end was he's afraid that he sees his own name on a gravestone. Guess what? You join a ghost of the future. I don't care who you are. We're all eventually going to see that gravestone. So suddenly I was thinking to myself, there's more to this story. What really happened? You know, what made this man who he was? And and, and, and just right from there, I just started scribbling notes. And uh, I just kept doing it. And I couldn't quite, quite get a coherent story together. I couldn't quite figure out how it should be told. And so I'd pick it up and put it down and pick it up and put it down. And, and actually over a couple of years or a few years it happened. I, every time a new idea would hit me, I'd just go right back to my notes and I'd plug it in. And um, finally, uh, in 2016, so eight years later, I finally had, you know, something about it. Just, it's, it's time. And I, I sat down and I did some research uh, for several months. I researched the time period uh, because I wanted this to be as historically accurate as it could be. I wanted him to be real. I wanted him to be interacting with real history and having real history interact with him, just like we all do, having real things influence him. I, I determined how old I thought he was in 1843 when A Christmas Carol takes place. And I just went backwards from there to see when he was born and to research that whole time period uh, of uh, England and around the world for his lifespan. It was fascinating. Yeah, I have to say, you know, reading the book, first of all, it's very cinematic. 
this this your book. It's very cinematic. Every time I read it, I can see the movie in my head. And I think that's really a, an amazing feat that you've done here because I feel like the next interview we're going to do is after you you know sell the rights to a big movie studio. Anyway. Well, what, that would be great. Thank you, Sal. Sal, <laughs> you've all heard it here. Sal, get this book sold, the right major movie studio. As the reader, I greatly appreciate the fact that you that you did that historical research on here because this book the language that you use here uh, you know the dickensian way that this book is presented is just remarkable and i really do love how it really pulls you in like you like before we got on the air i just wanted to like start reading like a random chapter and i i realized i was three chapters in at that point just keep going because it's just really the story is so interesting, and it really pulls you in, and the characters are really fantastic, and it really is uh, a, a great thing that you've done here uh, to bring this character to life. Uh, and it really, this this is a living, breathing character in this book. Wow, thank you. I appreciate that more than you can imagine. Uh, and that was my goal. I mean, that's why it's called The True Life Story of Ebenezer Scrooge, because my goal is that if I told the story correctly and I... I got to you uh, the way it sounds like I got to you, Sal, uh, that, you know, I want you to forget that this is a fictional character. And I want you to accept him as a, as a real person. Um, really, the way I want this book to be understood is sort of like the source material that Charles Dickens used way back when. This is the true story. Yes. And A Christmas Carol is what he used. It's, that's the derivative one. Uh, where he fictionalized it for his purposes. Yes, and I we don't want to give anything away, but there, there is something towards the end of this book that kind of connects this all together. Yeah, we're not giving anything away, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I really, I, I got to say, I mean, it was really, it was, it was an amazing experience for me. Uh, I had never in my life written a full novel, uh, published or otherwise. You know, every day when I was finished writing. I would have my panic attack that the next day the words wouldn't be there and the story wouldn't be there anymore. And every morning I woke up, and thank goodness another chapter was there waiting for me. That's and amazing. So I, I, was just, I felt like I was just uh, listening to the characters and watching it myself. I really often felt like I was just fortunate enough to be the first one uh, to read it, and I'm just transcribing it. I, I almost felt like it was passing through me. It wasn't uh, you know, anything that I was inventing it was just there yes well you can definitely hear the passion that you had for for these characters and for the story while reading this this book again we're talking with douglas a bass is author of ebenezer the true life story of ebenezer scrooge doug i wanted to ask you you know we do have some listeners who are very interested in becoming writers someday now i don't know how far along they are do you have any advice for folks I mean, obviously, you're saying this took you years to get to the point, you know, eight, nine years to get to the point from from uh, conception to actually being able to purchase this on Amazon.com or come down here to the library and take it off the shelf. Do you have any advice for those uh, f fledgling uh, writers out there who might have an idea and want to put it to paper? Um, I suppose I, the only advice, a few things of advice I would give to anyone is, if, if you want to do it, then do it. Um, I can tell you that the experience of being a writer often is there's just a drive inside you 
and you need and you have stories that need to come out. So let them out. Uh, I, I would say don't be critical of yourself. Don't worry if you think it's good enough or bad enough or this or that, because, you know, there's really no such thing. There's only preference anyway. You know, uh, everybody likes their own thing. Even if you don't like something you've written, that doesn't mean someone else won't love it. So, so take that out of it altogether. Uh, and, and also recognize that once you put it out in the world, it's not really yours anymore anyway. You, you know, it's everyone's. Uh, that's, that's one thing. And I suppose on the, on the actual writing portion of it itself, to me, I think the absolute most important thing is you've got to capture your reader's emotions. You must connect with them. Writing is, a, is, is such a magical thing to me. It, it actually, I, I read something that Stephen King once wrote. Uh, he wrote it in his book on writing, uh, where a writer is a time traveler. I wrote this book. Uh, I published it in 2017. And my thoughts and my ideas are being communicated to all the people that are going to read this book intentionally. That is going to span time and space. Uh, before that conversation gets picked up. Uh, some people will pick it up early in time and space, like the people that bought it in 2017 um, and who were local to where I live. Uh, and some people are going to be much further away. I have sold this book in England, uh, in Canada. I believe I've, I, I think now I have a sale in Australia. And years later, if you if you want to communicate, and that's all it is, is you're just communicating. It's, it's a personal connection, and that always has at, at its very core, that's your heart, that's your soul. That's what you have to put yourself out there and connect. You're making a connection. Don't worry about form and technicalities and any of those things. If you can reach somebody's heart. I mean, what else is there? I mean, that's 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 how we make our friendships. That's how we find the people that we love. That's how we stick with whomever we're going to stick with for the rest of our lives. No different. That's really great advice. Really great advice. Now, you you know, you had mentioned uh, England. I know that you've been on uh, other uh, podcasts in the UK before. We will forgive you that for not coming here first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's really starting. It's it's amazing how with this is really starting to pick up this book. And and I think you wanted to mention, and I'm very excited about this, that we're we're going to be hearing this book uh, soon. Is that right? There's an audio book version coming out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have been fortunate uh, recently. I was approached by an amazing voice actor. His name is Benjamin Fife. And he is the acting side of that Dickensian, like he has that love for that. Uh, so we've been collaborating. And we are now in production for the audiobook. Uh, our intention is to have this ready uh, on Amazon and Audible by Black Friday this year. That's coming up. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's right around the corner. Uh, and he's doing an amazing job. He really is. He, he's capturing these characters. Uh, it's really, it's been such an interesting experience for me to listen to him and how he's interpreted it and how he's brought these characters to life with his professional training and, and, and his, you know, the way he does things. Uh, because up until now, up until when I listen to what he's done and I, and I, communicate with him so we can uh, iron everything out together. I had never heard anyone 
except for myself, read this book aloud. <laughs> I've done readings before, and I uh, and I read this book to my wife. Actually, that's actually how I edited it. It was a great experience. Another layer to how much I love this book is that she was my primary editor. Uh, as I'd write chapters, uh, we would spend evenings together after the kids went to bed uh, with a hot beverage. And uh, rather than have her read it and then talk to me, what I would do is I would read it to her so I could watch her in real time reacting um, and seeing what was landing and what wasn't and seeing what she was reacting to, even if it were things that I wasn't expecting. Or, and then we would discuss it and, and, and I would make uh, some modifications and she, she would give advice. And my wife uh, has no <laughs> compunction about being very blunt with me <laughs> things, <laughs> things weren't working the truth of the matter is that she was right 95 percent of the time uh, i hope she's not listening to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> um but you know she was she was she was right an awful lot uh thank goodness thank goodness she was that's so i could make my little uh tweaks and and and, and make it so that i had my first audience right there Excellent. It's almost as it's almost your own version of Ebenezer and Bell sitting in front of the fire. That's exactly enjoying, right. enjoying each other. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. That's right. She is my Bell. So, so anyway, so yeah. So the audiobook will be. I mean, again, our goal is Black Friday. If it doesn't make it, it'll be shortly thereafter. It'll definitely be around for this holiday season. I was going to say and this is a great like book. It. This is a great book. Now you know, patrons, listeners, you're out there. This is it. Reserve your copy here at the library because it's a great time of year to read this book. And again, I also want to make it clear, too, and it doesn't matter how many times I say this, but I'm going to say it again now anyway. Uh, you know, it's not just a Christmas story. Uh, that is what a Christmas carol is. Um, that's the portion of the story that, that Dickens focused on. But I wanted this to be his whole life. So this story actually begins on the day he's born, and it takes us all the way through his entire life. Uh, right up until even a little bit after he's gone. Dickens set a few signposts. Uh, he got a few things wrong, I have to admit. Uh, I'm sorry to tell everyone. <laughs> he had a few He had a few details that weren't quite correct, uh, including what really happened when Ebenezer Scrooge uh, met those spirits. That is, uh, if you want to know the real story of what really happened, well, there's a book and soon an audio book to, to fill you in on it. <laughs> Um, yes, because you do. He, you no. do have. Uh, there are the, the there are chapters here where we see your your angle, uh, this angle of those uh, spirits uh, visiting him. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, everything in the beginning is giving us how we get to the character that we meet at the beginning of Dickens' pages. I mean, he's basically the same person that we meet with Dickens, and so it's broken into three parts. And then the first part, we get to see how he gets to who he was on that day that. Dickens introduces us to him. And the second part takes us on the journey with him to the spirits, as you can see uh, what really would turn this man around. You know, what did turn him around? Let's face it. Uh, it wasn't what Dickens said. It was, it was, I think, a little bit more magical. And then in the end, the last part, although Dickens tells us that he lived a good life afterwards, now you get to see what that life looks like. And again, it is him interacting with history and history interacting with him. I hope is that, it, you know, anytime someone sees a name or a place or an event, if they feel compelled to look it up, they're going to find that they are now placed right in history. Um, I also am hoping that 
if I did my job right, uh, they will not be able to distinguish between the parts where it was real and where I took a little bit of poetic license myself uh, to add to it. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a whole journey. It is, uh, it is absolutely uh, a journey. It's so it's his whole life. It's not just like I say, so it's not just a Christmas story. It is appropriate for all times of the year because it's a whole life. Um, and if you like uh, English history in particular, this was the golden age of, of England. I, I got to be perfectly honest with you. I think that I was very lucky. It was almost like Providence itself was smiling on me. <laughs> everything was everything lined up just right. Everything I didn't I didn't plan a, a lot of things that that fell into my lap just because it was just right. Well, it is a page turner indeed. I will tell you, I thoroughly enjoyed this uh, this book both times I read it. I gave it to my mom to read. I you know everybody everybody who reads it loves this book. My wife wrote, read it; she loved it. Um, and I really think uh, folks will really dig this uh, book. It's Ebenezer: The True Life Story of Ebenezer Scrooge, Scrooge by Douglas A. Bass. Uh, it's available on Amazon. You can get the download um, uh, as an ebook, soon to be an audiobook. And of course, it is here in our collection at the Middle Country Public Library for our patrons to take out if they wish. Doug, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's been a great pleasure. And hopefully, the next time we have you on, it's because uh, uh, you're going to be uh, talking about uh, Michael Fassbender being, uh, being uh, cast in your, in your film. <laughs> well, that, that would be fantastic. I, 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 since, since I know you have this phone number, I know you'll be making that call for me. I, I shall, yes. That'll be yeah, happening shortly. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Doug. Thanks a lot, Sal. I appreciate it. Okay, and we are back. So how that sounds pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. You gonna you gonna read the book? Yes. I, I highly, I highly recommend it. It's uh, fantastic. I enjoyed it very, very much. Okay, Sal, but why did you pick Michael Fassbender? Oh, so that's the kind of the in, you know, like the in, in not in joke, but like the kind of behind the scenes stories. Because after I read this book, I thought that one of the characters, Fred specifically, mm. uh, should be played by Michael Fassbender. When you read the book, you you you'll you'll get it. Okay, Hi. it's very uh, cinematic, as I mentioned in the uh, interview. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, it'll be made into a movie. Yes, and uh, Mr. Fassbender is listening to our <laughs> pod and be like, "I want this." Yeah, yes, and then and then uh, the author can remember our pod and invite us on set. There you go. That's very manifest good, right? now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes. All right. So uh, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to listen to older episodes or read our show notes, you can visit our website. That's uh, www.mcplpodcast.com. And also, uh, if you're listening on YouTube, uh, what should we do? We should smash that like button. You smash it. Smash the like button. (laughs) (laughs) Subscribe. And subscribe. And, And what else should we do now? You can share. You can share this. <laughs> you can share the episode. If you want. If you want. Because oh, yes, I just, I just, you don't share. You, like you share it, but it's not like a share share. You know? Okay. Yes, sure. It's Semantics. a share. Okay. But it's not like a share share. It's not a share share. It's not like a retweet. No, it's not like a retweet. Or sh- like. It's yeah. a share. It's a share. Yeah. It's like here. Watch this. Yeah. 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 There you go. All right, so here, watch here, this. Watch this. <laughs> you could do it here, watch this. Do it here, watch this. Send this, send this send episode. Send the link to someone, go here, watch this. Exactly. exactly. Yes. And they'll be like, what am I watching? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're listening. Yes, exactly. <laughs> 
So uh, thank you so much for listening. For Sarah Fade and Nicole Rambo, I'm Sal DiVincenzo. We'll see you on the next show.